Hey, what happened? What happened? What happened? What the hell happened? Hey, what happened? Willie Percy is here from Rock 101 with another edition of What Happened. It's been a while. Uh, where have you been, John? I've been everywhere, man. <laughs> I've been everywhere. Uh, let's go to the Oscars. We'll start there. So this is, yeah. These are the Oscars that feature uh, Chris Rock yeah. as one of the only black men at the Oscars. That was the big controversy this year. Uh, a lot of people boycotted it because uh, not enough black actors were uh, nominated for Academy Awards. Film, straight out of Compton, everybody thinks was snubbed. And so uh, he, there was consideration by Chris Rock of not hosting. And then he thought, you know, well, they're going to, it's not like they're going to stop the Oscars. So what good does that do? Yeah. Now, some people, uh, like Will Smith, who uh, a lot of people think should have been up for at least nominated for his role in concussion. Right. About the NFL concussions and the doctor that uh, discovered that they were hiding it. Uh, a lot. So he said, well, I'm not going to show up at the Oscars. Now, his wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, also said she's not showing up at the Oscars. And here's Chris Rock's take on that. Spike got mad. And Sharpton got mad. And Will went mad. Everybody went mad. You know, it's quite like Jada got mad. Jada says she's not coming. Jada's going to boycott the Oscars. Jada boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. (laughs) I wasn't invited. (laughs) The thing about Chris Rock is, you know, he touched on some stuff that was uh, hard to to take. But I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it was actually a, uh, a watershed moment for the Oscars. They will never be the same again. Yeah. They have joined the uh, 21st century. I Finally. Think. Okay. So uh, Louis C.K., he gets, <laughs> hey, Louis, we need you, but you're, you're going to introduce the Oscar for Best Documentary Short Subject, which is a trash throwaway award, right? Well, unless you produce short subjects for a living. Exactly. But is anybody <laughs> tuning in to find out? No. He, no. But, John, he steals, steals the show. This is Louis C.K. Thank you. I'm uh, here to present the award for best documentary short film, which is my favorite award. This is easily my favorite subject. It really is, because this is the one Academy Award that has an opportunity to change a life. Because, I mean, I'm happy for all of you, but you came here winners and you're, you're leaving millionaires. It's not going to make that big a difference. The rest of the Oscars are going to mansions and the homes of people with good unions and who will always work. These people, this is documentary short film. You cannot... It's not even documentary feature, you know? Al Gore got one of those and Michael Moore got... This is no, you cannot make a dime on this. You, these people will never be rich as long as they live. So this Oscar means something, because all they do is tell stories that are important. Now, you all do, but you also get rich. But these people, all they got is this Oscar is going home in a, in a Honda Civic. <laughs> the person who owns this, this Oscar is going to be the nicest thing they ever own in their life. It's going to give them anxiety to keep it in their crappy apartment. <laughs> 
Here are the nominees for best documentary <laughs> short subject. Now, That's funny. And now all of a sudden you're interested. Yeah, in it, right? exactly. So exactly. brilliant job by uh, Louis C.K. <laughs> uh, did you watch the Oscars or not? Yeah, I went to bed. Oscars? Yeah, yeah. It, it was uh, viewed by, you know, Chris Rock, he had the highest viewership uh, previous to uh, Ellen DeGeneres's. Uh, viewership. That was a high-rated one. But until then, Chris Rock's 10 years ago, yeah. that was the highest-rated Oscars they'd had, and they thought he might bring some of that magic back. I think the controversy kind of hurt them, although people are getting a little bit tired of, of the whole thing. Uh, and so it was down by about 6 million uh, viewers, uh, worse than six years. Hmm. Uh, not that Chris Rock didn't do his job. Now, one of the traditions of uh, going to the Oscars is, hey, we get the red carpet, and uh, the bold and the beautiful show up, and we all take photographs, and and we find out, you know, what fabulous designer designed the fabulous dress for the fabulous actress, right? Yeah. So this year, there was a different rule put in place. They didn't want you asking the actresses about what they were wearing. They wanted you to engage them in a more serious conversation or oh. talk about other things. Of course. This is Chris Rock's take on that. Another big thing tonight is you're not allowed to ask women what they're wearing anymore. You have to ask her more. You know, it's like, you, you ask the men more. Hey, everything's not sexism. Everything's not racism. They ask the men more because the men are all wearing the same outfits, okay? <laughs> Every guy there is wearing the exact same thing. You know, if George Clooney showed up with a lime green tux on and a swan coming out his ass, <laughs> somebody would go, what you wearing, George? <laughs> What's that all about? Uh, okay, and then the, the uh, kind of magic moment that became more magical after the Academy Awards mm -hmm. was, uh, was the selection, you know, they do in memoriam. Yes. Uh, and it's just all of the people that have uh, passed away over the uh, previous year and a bit. Right. And uh, it's a chance for them to recognize it. So out comes Dave Grohl. Singer, the lead singer of the Foo Fighters, mm -hmm. who's uh, somehow or other, I, I guess because of his eloquence, also because of his enthusiasm, but he has become sort of the musician slash voice of the generation right now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And so he plays with everybody. He's played with Led Zeppelin and he plays with Paul McCartney and he plays with rappers and he plays with folk artists and he plays, he just does such a wonderful job of engaging everybody from every possible different combination of musical background. And so they have him come out and sit on a stool with his acoustic guitar, and he plays a song that you and I both know. Blackbird singing in the dead of night Take these broken wings, learn to fly All your life you were on waiting for this moment to arrive. Heartbreakingly beautiful. Mm -hmm. It really was. Yeah. And then you get the montage in the background of uh, all the actors and actresses that have passed away. And it really is something special. So, uh, what a perfect song for it. Now, here's what I didn't know until this week. The background on that song is a Paul McCartney song. He wrote it. Yeah. It's the Beatles. You recognize it. Right. Sure. It's a nice, lovely little song. It comes from the late 60s, and the Beatles are in England. And what they're watching on television is the racial unrest that's happening in the United States of America. Uh-huh. And he's, they're horrified by it. How can you be so cruel to your own people? How is it you can be so – how can you segregate people like that? The, the racism that is so rampant. And so Paul McCartney sits down, and at the time, this is Paul McCartney saying, at the time, the word bird is used a lot. And it was in reference to different types of people. 
including it became a, a colloquialism for attractive women. Well, she's a cute bird. Right. Right. Yeah. So he used blackbird to mean black people in America. That's who he's singing about. Wow. That's what that song is about. It's about the racial unrest in the United States. And it wasn't until after the Academy Awards that everybody started to ask, well, why did Dave Grohl use that? It was perfect. Yeah. But why that song? And when you got the explanation, because of the Academy Awards and this controversy that was surrounding it. Interesting. To have him sing that song, it means a whole lot more when you hear. Blackbirds singing in the dead of night. These broken wings learn to fly all your life. You were on waiting for this moment to arrive. Means something totally different all of a sudden, don't it? It does. Uh, that's the first half. We'll be back with the second half of it. What happened? <laughs> Come on. We, no, that's where we're going to start, right there. Willie's here that's with another edition story. of What Happened? That's such a great story, John. So what? Uh, where are you off to later today? I'm going to go out to UBC. What's happening at, at the, UBC? The Chan Center, where uh, the Governor General is um, going to give out awards to about 150 people for various uh, service awards, uh, bravery awards for police and military and first responders, etc., uh, and also um, something called the Caring Canadian Award, of which, uh, strangely, I am winning one, or I've won one, uh, just for the work that we've done over the years for uh, raising money uh, and attention for mental health issues. And when you say ALS. we, do you mean you? Or well, you no, Ray? because it's, it's, it's my family. It's the group here. I mean, you know, it's, it's the old saw about, you know, you, you can never do it all yourself. Do so. you feel honored by it? Absolutely, I do. I mean, yeah, that's lovely. Absolutely. It's a lovely thing. Thank you. Uh, is the uh, is, is there, I suppose there's going to be press there. You get the pin. Yeah. And how did it come about? Uh, a listener uh, yeah. last year nominated me, completely unbeknownst to me. Yeah, uh, puts You're... it puts in the nomination and writes a thing. You know, here's why I think you know you should get it. And uh, she talked about the just the work we've done over the years with um, you know raising the issues around mental health, trying to you know get rid of the stigma, all that sort of stuff. And yeah. then and then the ALS thing that my my family and my greater family, which is about sixty people. We head up to Cologne every year to raise money for ALS research because my family's been touched by ALS. Um, yeah, so all of that, and all of a sudden this email arrives quite out of nowhere at 4 o'clock in the morning when I was getting ready for the show back in the fall saying, oh, the Governor General would like to give you a, this award. Now <laughs> I had to look at the header on the top to Just make to sure. Just to see if somebody wasn't said, pulling you Why would they send this to me? And then it all sort of became clear. So That's I'm, fantastic. I'm, uh, I'm very, very pleased and, and honored and, and all of that. It's not just the Governor General that is pleased with it. I've heard that uh, Christy Clark was so taken by your work, she's uh, chartered a private jet to Kelowna <laughs> to help celebrate. So. <laughs> no disrespect. Oh, stop it. <laughs> all right. Now, speaking of uh, cures, off to uh, yes. where are we off to? Jerusalem is where we're going. Okay. Rabbi Menachem Ganak, he's the CEO of the Orthodox Union, Orthodox Union's uh, cash root department. The cash root department could be, uh, you could just say kosher. He's okay. part of the kosher department. The okay? kosher department. All Welcome right. to the new day and age. He, uh, he has added in a statement, hey, the Vireo products were developed in accordance with the New York State Compassionate Care Act, and therefore they should not be regarded as a chet or a sinful act, but rather a mitzvah, an imperative, 
a commandment. Do you know what Vireo produces? <laughs> no. Marijuana. That's right. They now have kosher, kosher marijuana. marijuana. Exactly I love it. <laughs> right. Thank you very much, Rabbi Menachem. <laughs> Shalom and... Oh, that's too much. Shalom. Shalom. Okay, we've got to get to this. Uh, we have, uh, let me see, uh, Trump. Uh, and the KKK refused to denounce the KKK, right? Yeah. So uh, David Duke, I don't know who he is, and uh, the KKK, I don't know what you're talking about. And it just becomes so apparent that guy needs, you know, he'll take a vote from anybody. Yeah. Now, remember, he's the guy who said, I could go out and shoot somebody on the street on Fifth Avenue, and everybody would still vote for me. Here's uh, Stephen Colbert's take on Donald Trump and the KKK. But Trump could have a problem. You see, this time it's not about something he said. It's about something he didn't say. Will you unequivocally condemn David Duke and say that you don't want his vote or that of other white supremacists in this election? I know nothing about David Duke. I know nothing about white supremacists. And so you're asking me a question that I'm supposed to be talking about people that I know nothing about. I mean, I'm just talking about David Duke and the Ku Klux Klan here, but... I don't know. Honestly, I don't know David Duke. Yeah, Trump needs to know before condemning David Duke or the KKK. It's not like they're Muslim or born in Mexico. He needs to think about it. Now, I recently gave some advice to Hillary Clinton after she could not give a straight answer about whether she'd ever lied to the American people. I said that that was the easiest question to answer in politics. Well, I would like to apologize. I was wrong. <laughs> this is the easiest question to answer in American politics. When someone asks you, will you disavow the Ku Klux Klan, just say yes and start high-fiving your future cabinet. <laughs> I can understand why you'd want to wait for the end of the sentence. If someone says, will you disavow the coup, they could be about to say, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, or cuckoo kachoo, and you don't want to anger cereal lovers or Beatles fans. But once they say Ku Klux, you know what's coming next. It's not going to be Ku Klux Krispies or Ku Klux Crunchwrap. <laughs> of course, Trump had an answer for why he hesitated. I'm sitting in a house in Florida with a very bad earpiece that they gave me, and you could hardly hear what he was saying. But what I heard was various groups. I have a lousy earpiece that is provided by them. Yes, he blames this one on the earpiece, though I think he should take some responsibility for the mouthpiece. Also, <laughs> maybe the hairpiece. Now, you'll know who Senator Lindsey Graham is. Yes. Okay, so he's the Republican from South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, John Stewart often mimicked him as a uh, Southern belle who was just... <laughs> right? Okay. So now he realizes his, his party's in bad, bad shape mm. and has said, quote... They've gone batshit crazy. That's what the Republicans have done. This is Lindsey Graham. So they said, look, it looks like after this latest round after Super Tuesday, it looks like it's Donald Trump or Ted Cruz. So it's one of those two that you're going to have to get behind. Which one are you getting behind? To which Senator Lindsey Graham says. It's like being shot or poisoned. What does it really matter? <laughs> it's like being shot or poisoned. And Johnny, that this week. What happened? 